section sixty of canada south america central america mexico and the west indies this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox the world story volume eleven canada south america central america mexico and the west indies edited by eva march tappan section sixty the execution of atahualpa fifteen thirty three by w h davenport adams having paid a magnificent and right royal ransom atahualpa naturally demanded to be set at liberty i have no doubt that this was the original intention of pizarro that he would have released him under such conditions as would have ensured his subordination to the spaniards but the arrival of almagro and his men brought about a complete change of affairs from the first they were inimical to the inca partly perhaps from a jealous feeling that he should have been captured by pizarro and his soldiers partly because they feared that whatever gold might come in would still be claimed as a portion of his ransom this unfavorableness of sentiment was early detected by atahualpa who when hernando pizarro took leave of him exclaimed i am sorry that you are going for when you are gone i know the fat man and the one-eyed man that is Requalma, the king's treasurer and almagro will combine to kill me he had another and even more powerful enemy in the interpreter philippillo thus it came to pass that the question of the disposal of atahualpa was much discussed in the camp under influences which did not bode him well about the same time rumors reached pizarro of the gathering of the peruvian army as if it had suddenly awakened from its long lethargy and designed to strike a blow for the national independence brave as the spanish captain was and conscious of the superiority he derived from the arms and discipline of his men he knew that they were but a handful in the midst of millions and that at any time a well-conceived combination or a skilful surprise might set aside the superiority on which he relied and overwhelm him with ruin he could not afford therefore to throw away a single chance and the release of atahualpa might have been such a chance as it would have afforded the peruvians a centre a rallying point so to speak and a legitimate and in their belief heaven-sent leader on the other hand if he held him prisoner he was liable to a thousand annoyances and anxieties atahualpa would naturally intrigue for his liberation or to effect his escape or the peruvians would be incited to some desperate attempt on behalf of their imprisoned monarch pizarro was perplexed and uneasy for throughout his peruvian expedition he was a close copyist of cortez and here was a dilemma in which he had no example of cortez to guide him in adopting the principle that whatever was expedient was just he adopted one which cortez was not fond of recognizing his hesitation is shown by the circumstance that he published a formal and official document fully discharging the inca of further obligation in respect to the ransom though its exact terms had not been and perhaps never would have been fulfilled yet at the same time he expressed an opinion that considerations of safety and security rendered necessary the detention of the inca until additional reinforcements came from spain while he thus wavered the rumors of an indian attack revived an army it was said was assembling at quito and would be supported by thirty thousand caribs and many tongues connected with this menacing movement the name of atahualpa when pizarro repeated the story to chilacuchima the gray-haired veteran pronounced it a calumny pizarro next went to the inca himself what treason is it you are meditating against me against me who have treated you with honor 
and trusted in your words as in those of a brother why do you mock me replied the inca why are you always saying these jests of me what are we i and my people how can we conquer men so valiant as yours do not cast these jibes at me this he said we are told with great composure but he did not convince pizarro who remembered that he had often spoken with the same coolness and astuteness so that the spaniards had been surprised to see such prudence in a barbarian perceiving that he had not removed the general's suspicions atahualpa again asserted his innocence am i not he said a captive in your hands how could i conceive such a design as you speak of when i should be the first victim and little do you know of my people if you think they would enter upon it without my orders when the very birds in my dominions would not dare to fly in opposition to my will but the belief of the troops in a general rising of the natives deepened every hour a large force it was said had been concentrated at guama jucho some ninety miles from the camp pizarro seems to have shared their apprehensions he caused the inca to be loaded with fetters he doubled his patrols and went the rounds in person to see that vigilant watch was kept the soldiers slept on their arms the horses were all saddled and bridled in readiness for immediate service what was more to the purpose two indian spies were sent out to reconnoitre the enemy's position they returned with the information that the peruvian army was slowly advancing through a mountainous district that atahualpa had at first ordered it to retreat but had afterwards cancelled the order and named the hour and place at which the attack was to be delivered saying that if it was delayed he should be put to death the soldiers and especially those of Almagro's party were more clamorous than ever and openly declared that atahualpa's death was essential to the safety of the spaniards they were supported by Requelma, the treasurer and other royal officers who had accompanied almagro to the camp pizarro still shrank from so extreme a measure as the death of his prisoner and hernando de soto and a few others nobly protested against it asserting that there was not sufficient evidence of his guilt it occurred to pizarro to dispatch soto at the head of a small force to reconnoitre the country about guamachucho and ascertain if the rumours of warlike movements were based on fact or fictitious but while soto was absent there came to the camp at coxa a couple of indians who were attached to the spanish army and they declared that the peruvians were only three leagues from coxa and would attack on that or the following night the excitement then became so intense that pizarro consented to bring the inca to immediate trial the usual formalities were observed pizarro and almagro presided as judges a doctor of laws acted for the prosecution and an advocate was assigned to the prisoner twelve charges drawn up in the form of interrogatories were preferred of these the most important were that the inca had ordered the assassination of his brother and fomented a conspiracy against the spaniards he was also accused of idolatrous practices and of lavishly and unprofitably expending the revenues of the kingdom since the conquest of prosecuting unjust wars and wasting his estates upon his kinsmen it can hardly be said that any of these matters came within the cognizance of an invading power except the alleged conspiracy but they seem to have been formally investigated the principal witnesses were the two indians whose evidence was wholly unsupported the judges however declared altahuapa guilty and sentenced him to be burnt at the stake he was offered another form of death if he embraced christianity a religion which could hardly have been recommended to him by the conduct of his spanish professors an angry discussion followed the declaration of the sentence many of the spaniards protested against its being carried out they were not insensible to the claims of honour justice and good faith and insisted that pizarro was bound by the promise he had given they even suggested that the inca should be transferred to spain where the charges against him could be examined by the proper tribunals 
they denied the authority of the court that had condemned him and impugned the validity of the evidence brought before it in all this they were fully justified the trial was a gross outrage on the law of nations their sole error lay in supposing that any spanish tribunal had a right to sit in judgment on an independent prince their courageous and manly protest failed however against the bloodthirstiness and panic fears of the majority and all that remained for them was to record in writing their sense of the iniquity of a procedure which has left an indelible blot on the spanish name we acknowledge much force however in the reasoning of the historian that this vehement debate and the large majority against atahualpa militate against the common belief that his death was the result of a previous and stern resolve on the part of the spanish commander i am convinced that bizarro shared in what was obviously the opinion of most of his soldiers that the inca had secretly ordered military preparations and that he regarded his death as an urgent measure of self-preservation it must be admitted that this argument does not absolve him from the guilt attaching to so cruel and unprecedented an outrage but it furnishes an excuse which will be accepted by persons capable of calmly considering the position of the spaniards and the hopes and fears by which they were swayed the whole transaction is an illustration of the great truth which common experience is continually demonstrating that one ill deed inevitably leads to another and that good cannot come out of evil the invasion of peru was the initial crime and it necessitated a long series of crimes over the record of which our shocked humanity may well turn pale when the sentence was communicated to the inca his emotion was uncontrollable with tears in his eyes he exclaimed what have i or my children done that i should meet such a fate turning to bizarro he continued reproachfully and from your hands you who have received so much kindness and friendliness from my people you with whom i have shared my troubles you whom i have loaded with benefits he implored him to spare his life promising double the ransom already paid if only time were given him to collect it and offering any guarantee that might be required for the safety of the spanish army down to the meanest soldier bizarro listened to this touching appeal with tears i myself says an eye-witness saw the general weep but though he wept he did not perhaps he could not relent and when atahualpa found that death was inevitable he prepared to meet it with a dignity worthy of his rank and race by sound of trumpet the inca's doom was proclaimed in the great square of caxamalca and two hours after sunset on the twenty ninth of august it was carried into execution atahualpa was brought to the place in chains with father valverde who had affixed his signature to the sentence by his side actively labouring to convert him to christianity even at the last hour when the royal victim was bound to the stake with the faggots heaped around him the father held up a cross imploring him to embrace it and be baptized and promising that if he did so the painful death to which he had been sentenced should be commuted for the milder form of the garret this argument proved effectual he consented to abjure his own religion and receive baptism the ceremony was performed by valverde and the new convert received the name of juan de atahualpa he then expressed his desire that his remains might be interred with those of his maternal ancestors at quito and commended his young children to the care and protection of pizarro with stern composure he submitted himself to the hands of the executioner and was suddenly strangled while the spanish soldiers around him muttered their credos for the welfare of his soul his body that night was exposed in the great square and on the following morning interred with solemn funeral pomp in the church of san francisco pizarro and the principal cavaliers attended in mourning garb and the troops listened attentively to the service read and chanted by father valverde in the middle of it a loud lamentation was heard outside the church the doors were suddenly burst open and many indian women the wives and sisters of the murdered inca swept up the central aisle and with tears and sobs prostrated themselves around the corpse 
they piteously protested that the funeral rites of their lord should have been celebrated in the peruvian fashion and expressed their desire to sacrifice themselves on the grave and accompany his spirit to the golden land of the sun the spaniards informed them that atahualpa had died in the christian religion and that the god of the christians required no human sacrifices they were then excluded from the church but several on retiring to their residences carried out their vows and by committing suicide confirmed their devotion to the murdered prince a day or two later hernando de soto returned and great was his indignation when he was informed of the cruel deed done in his absence repairing at once to the presence of pizarro he found him with a large felt sombrero by way of mourning drawn down over his eyes his attitude and bearing suggestive of sorrow and perhaps remorse with a soldier's abruptness he said to him you have acted rashly for altahuapa was falsely accused there was no army at guamachucho nor did i anywhere see the signs of insurrection if it were necessary to bring the inca to trial he should have been sent to castile to be judged by the emperor i would have pledged myself to have seen him safely on board ship pizarro acknowledged his precipitancy and threw all the blame on Raqualma, valverde and the more pertinacious members of the majority who in their turn recriminated against pizarro the quarrel was loud violent and prolonged but as they could not bring the dead back to life the contending parties at length subsided into silence end of section sixty this recording is in the public domain